Welcome to the Legalpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Sager, and I'm dedicated to covering common legal issues for small business owners and just how some of the world's most elite entrepreneurs have handled legal issues themselves. In true attorney fashion, the information in this episode is not legal advice. This is for informational purposes only, and you should always consult with your attorney before implementing any of the information. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the Legalpreneur Podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here for our first official episode. I have been wanting to come out with this podcast for quite a while now. I am finally doing it, and I'm so grateful that you are here to listen to the first episode. Now, a few housekeeping rules. Number one, this is not legal advice. Just by you listening to this episode, it does not mean that I am your attorney. Make sure that you are listening and taking it all in but this should not be construed as legal advice. Make sure you're consulting with your own attorney, if that happens to be me, bonus. However, if I am not your attorney, make sure you're consulting with your own attorney before acting on any of the education material provided here. All of this is advertising and promotional material only. This is not legal advice. Now that that's out of the way, let's get to it. So I am your go-to small business attorney. I have been working with small businesses for almost two years now, protecting their intellectual property, protecting their business as a whole. And now I am here to help you learn how to protect it as well. I am going to be covering three high-level issues that most small business owners encounter today. So today's episode is just going to be about the top three issues that small business owners are going through. Trust me, there are many more issues, but for now, I want to cover just the top three because they're very, very important. And if you're not addressing them right now within your business, you need to get on it. Whether you DIY or hire an attorney, make sure you are covering your own assets because even though you're making money, whether you are trying to make money in your business and you have maybe made $5, whether you've made $5,000, $50, $500,000, you have to protect your business because if you don't take the necessary steps to protect your business, all that money that you're making is going to be gone. Let me say that again. Your money will not be yours if you do not take the necessary steps to protect your business. And I know some people think working with an attorney may be the worst thing in the world and it may be the most scary thing in the world, but I really try to break it down. I try to basically be like your best friend lawyer who's just like having this conversation with you and telling you, hey, yeah, we need to take care of this within your business. I really try to make it as approachable as possible because I realize that you as a small business owner, you're the future of this country. Small business owners are the future of our economy, and that's who I want to serve. That's who I want to protect. And at the same time, I realize that some small businesses are just getting started, and they may not be able to afford attorney fees, which I completely understand. So that's why I'm providing you with this free resource of my podcast. Now, if you're not already, make sure you're following along on Instagram at Andrea Sager Law. I will link it in the show notes. And make sure you're following along because I give more free tips on there as well. Basically, I give away a ton of free content. That way you can make the decision necessary for you to decide whether you want to DIY or hire an attorney, whether that be me or another attorney. I just want small businesses to understand that legal issues don't have to be scary 
And it is something very approachable. And if you are proactive about legal issues instead of reactive, it can save you a lot of money down the road. And while we are in our launch, we are having an amazing, amazing giveaway going on. We are giving away 10 $100 Amazon gift cards during the full launch of this podcast. We want to give back to you and hope that you will help share our amazing show. All you have to do to enter is screenshot this show, share it to your Instagram stories, tag at Andrea Sager Law and let me know what you like most about this episode. That's it. That's all you have to do to enter to win and good luck. Alrighty, so let's get into today's episode. Top three issues for small business owners. Number one is contracts. Yes, contracts. I know that every single one of you listening has had some experience at least with contracts, whether it's just a contract for any bills that you have, maybe contracts within your business or contracts for your car. You signed a contract when you purchased your car. Whatever it is, I know you have experience with contracts, but it may not be the experience that you really need for your business. So number one, if you're a service provider, you have to have contracts with your clients. I have worked with too many service providers who just worked off of, you know, goodwill and relied on emails and didn't have anything official in writing. And that is no, no, number one. (laughs) If you have no contract, you need something. It can be something as simple as a template from the contract vault or from another attorney, or it can be a custom contract with another attorney, which is the best route is getting a custom contract to make sure that you know everything that you're offering and providing to your client is covered. However, I understand if that's not within your budget right now. So at least having a template is better than having nothing. Well, if you're only using templates, you wanna make sure that you are graduating from that level and leveling up to getting a custom contract. And there's no shame in using a template. I have had many, many clients use templates for a year, two years, and over the years, they've actually made notes like, oh, okay, I wanna make sure this is addressed in my contract. I wanna make sure this is addressed in my contract. And finally, they get to the point to invest in an attorney to create those custom contracts for them. And we implement all of their notes. We implement what we think is best for their situation. So make sure that you, number one, are using contracts if you're a service provider. You definitely need to have your service contract and there's other contracts that may be needed. Obviously, if you are any type of business with a website, you need your privacy policy and terms and conditions. I'm gonna go into more detail about that in a minute, but you definitely need those if you have a website, which I think most of my listeners do. Now, if you are a product-based business, whether you have a clothing boutique, maybe you have an Amazon store, you're, you're selling any type of products, most likely your contract is going to be within the terms of service or terms of use on your website. Now, a lot of people get confused about the terms of service or terms of use, and I will go into much more detail about that in a separate episode, but for now, just know that your terms of service, especially for a product-based business, That's your contract between the customer. Most of the time when you're checking out online, you have to check the box. I have read and agreed to the terms of service and privacy policy, and typically they're linked. And make sure you are actually providing a link to the privacy policy and terms and conditions or terms of service, terms of use, whatever you use. Make sure those are linked in the checkout process 
Because if not, it depends on what state you're in. But if those aren't linked there, then they may not be enforceable. That's right. If you do not provide a link in your checkout process, then it could not be enforceable. So most product-based businesses rely on their contract or the terms between their customer to be in the terms of service. So I know a lot of people rely on Shopify and they use their terms of service or the Amazon terms of service. Like I said, that's a template. It's a great starting point. But once you graduate to the next level, you need to get a custom terms of service for your own website. I know this is not the sexy stuff of business, but it's the necessary side of business and something that must be taken care of if you want to continue growing your business. I have seen too many businesses not have solid terms and they've lost out on business. Maybe you're thinking, oh, whatever, I'll just refund that $40 purchase or that you know $100 purchase. But guess what? All those little purchases add up and then it adds up even more When you have the huge purchase that gets charged back because you didn't have reliable terms on your website. So that's a little bit about contracts. (laughs) Each of these topics, like I said, I'm giving a high level. So I will definitely be going into more detail about each of them. For now, know that about contracts. If you have a website, you need terms of service and a privacy policy. If you're a service-based business, you need to have each client sign a contract. If you are a product-based business, you need to make sure all of your purchase terms are included in your terms of service. All right, now let's get to trademarks. This is personally my favorite. I am a trademark geek. I geek out on trademarks, creating new trademarks, helping clients rebrand, you name it. I love trademarks and the uniqueness of all the different names. So quickly, what about trademarks? Trademarks identify your branding. The top three things that most businesses protect with a trademark are your brand name, your logo, and your slogan. There's much more to trademarks than those three, but those are typically the first three that businesses start with. Now, the small businesses that I actually work with, normally I don't suggest starting with your logo. This is because if you have a logo and we can't get your name approved first, well, guess what? Your logo doesn't mean much if you don't have the actual name protected. You have to make sure the name is protected before you have the logo protected. Don't think about trademarks as an end game. Really, it's building blocks as you grow in your business. When you start filing trademarks, you're laying that first level of bricks say you get your brand name protected with the trademark. There's one row of bricks. Then you go to your logo. There's another level. Then you go to your slogan. There's another level. And you keep building this wall of bricks to make sure that it's so high to where nobody can infringe on your brand. This is so critical because you don't want any other business or person to dilute your brand. That means Essentially, it just means that somebody else is building off of your goodwill that you've created and the strength of your trademark is dwindling away. So say your trademark is at a strength of a 10. Well, if somebody else starts using it within their brand, it's diluting it. Maybe now you're at a nine, then you're at an eight, seven. And then if eventually the strength is going to get so low that you lose all of your trademark rights. So we want to keep building this wall. 
a lot of clients, they'll file their brand name. They're like, oh, good. I'm done with trademarks. And I try to explain, no, we want to do your slogan. We want to do your logo. Anything that identifies your brand, it needs to be protected with a trademark. So what do I mean by identifies your brand? Now, this could be a certain service you offer within your business, a product line within your business, the name of a product. It can be your podcast name. It can be honestly just anything that identifies your business. Typically, it can be protected with a trademark. Another one that's kind of been hot in the news lately is color. So Glossier, they are a makeup brand and every package that they send out is a pink bubble wrap zipper pouch. They are trying to say the pouch itself with the color pink is a trademark because it identifies their brand. If somebody sees the pink bubble wrap zipper pouch, they think of Glossier. And that's exactly what a trademark is. If somebody sees something and they think of a brand, that's what a trademark is. Now, it can happen to where trademarks become generic. Some of the most common generic trademarks are... Pampers, Kleenex, Crayola, Chapstick, Velcro. Those are just some some of the ones that came off the top of my head. But a lot of people may not have known that those are brands. They're not the actual name of the product. All of those are actual brand names. But those brands have become so synonymous with the product that they offer that now, either those brands have lost their trademark rights or they have come close to losing their trademark rights. That's also something that you have to be aware of is making sure that your brand doesn't become generic. I, I know it's like, oh, great. My brand is so famous with the product that it offers. Now I lose all my rights. It gets a little tricky. One more thing I'll cover about trademarks is when. When should you actually file for a trademark? I know that trademarks are definitely an investment. They are not something that can be done overnight. There's an investment with time and money. So when is the right time to file for a trademark? You may not necessarily want to file for a trademark right away, especially if you are a business that is bootstrapping and maybe you're just testing the water. You don't even know if this business is really going to be a thing. You're just testing the water and you don't have very much money to begin with. If that's the case, then I don't think you should file for a trademark right away. And that's because the trademark process takes at a minimum of seven months, six to seven months. If you're just testing the water you could file the trademark and then by the time it's registered, you could be out of business. So I don't suggest filing if you're low on money and you're just testing the water. If, however, you have the money and you're testing the water, you definitely wanna file because you don't know what's gonna happen to your business. It could literally blow up overnight and you want that protection ASAP. So if you are bootstrapping, you're low on money, and you're testing the water, you may not want to file a trademark application, but what you want to do is actually run an official trademark search. This is not your own search on Google, even TESS, which is the trademark database, or searching social media. That's good on your part. That's a great starting point, but that is not an official trademark search. An official trademark search is something very comprehensive through a trademark attorney. This is done because 
you don't know what is going to be infringing or not because trademark infringement occurs when it's not just the same exact name. It can happen when they're similar names. So unless you're a trademark attorney, you probably don't know everything that could cause confusion with consumers, which is trademark infringement. So you don't know everything that could be trademark infringement. That's why you have to do the trademark search to find out what could be infringing. With our searches, we let clients know whether they're at a low, moderate, or high risk. So knowing the level of risk arms you with the capability of moving forward in your business, having that peace of mind, knowing that you're probably not infringing on anybody moving forward. And then a lot of times, you know, clients will just do the search. Once they know they're good to go, they'll start business, start making money, and then they come back and file the trademark application. That is perfectly fine to do. That is the answer that I give people when they ask, when is the right time to file a trademark? Hopefully that is helpful for you in assessing your own needs to file a trademark. Now, copyrights. Copyrights are what I like to refer to as your content. So all of the everyday content you're producing that's protected with a copyright. So think your blog posts, your photos, your videos, your podcast content, your course content, all of that is protected with a copyright. And contrary to popular belief, your creation is protected with a copyright the moment it is created. You don't have to have a registration to have copyright protection you only have to have a copyright registration if you ever want to sue somebody for copyright infringement. And that's not the only reason you'd want the registration. Don't worry, I'll go into more detail about that later. But just know that your creation, as long as it is unique and it meets the minimum creativity requirement set by the copyright office, it is protected with a federal copyright. A lot of people do not realize this. A lot of people try to push back when I tell them, hey, that's my client's copyrighted work. You can't use that. They'll ask me, oh, well, show me the registration. I'll you know, remove it or stop selling it. I'm like, no, that's not how this works. It is already protected with a copyright. If they had the registration, they would just sue you. That's a story for another day. <laughs> but copyrights are your content. So think about the work that you're consistently producing. Trademarks, that's your branding. Typically it's done once, maybe once every few years. Content is the more consistent things that you're producing. Even your long form Instagram captions, that's protected with a copyright. Now we'll get into many, many more details about copyrights in future episodes, but I just wanted to give this high level overview about copyrights, trademarks, and contracts. I think that's it for now. I am so grateful that you have tuned in to the very first episode of the Legalpreneur podcast. Don't forget we are giving away one $100 Amazon gift card every single day of this launch. All you have to do to enter is screenshot this episode, share it to your Instagram stories, tag at Andrea Sayer Law, and let me know what you liked most about this episode. I can't wait to hear what you like and good luck. Please, if you have any questions, feel free to shoot me an email by emailing me and 
signing a contract with me, which is known as an engagement agreement, that is when we have an attorney-client relationship. So if you're looking for legal services, you can either shoot me an email, andrea at andreasager.com, or you can go to the website and submit a form on there as well. All right. Thank you so much, you guys, for tuning into the first episode of the Legalpreneur podcast. And I wanted to go ahead and mention the other giveaway that I'm doing during this launch. For every review that we see during this launch, I am going to be personally donating $5 to Hope for Depression, the research foundation that is geared around the most advanced development in the U.S. around depression. It is something that is very near and dear to me. It's something that I feel like everybody really struggles with, but a lot of people don't want to talk about. And then it's something that I try to talk about as much as possible to help other people realize that they're not alone. So I want to personally donate $5 for every review that we get during this launch. So please subscribe, leave a review, and I will personally donate $5 for every single one of those during this launch. All of the links to social media, websites, everything will be linked directly in the show notes at andreasager.com. Thank you so much, you guys, and I can't wait for the next episode. If you found this information helpful, I would be so grateful if you could share it with a fellow business owner, and it doesn't cost anything to rate, review, or subscribe to the show. Your support helps me reach more listeners, which allows me to support more business owners in their entrepreneurial journey. I'll see you next episode.